Welcome to the podcast. This is a weekly podcast by Denver Transplants. I'm Andrew. And I'm Matt. And this is You Aren't From Here. Alrighty, here we are. Episode four. Yeah. And uh, we made it to another one. It's actually episode five. No, it is four. Four. Is it? What episode are we? No, I like that. No, it is episode four. It is. Yeah. We fucked that up in the interview. We're keeping this, so. Okay, that's fine. (laughs) All right. right. Last week's complaints or compliments. Um, Compliments, mostly. Mostly compliments. Everyone was hyped about the first interview. Yeah, that's true. Uh, We got a couple feedback of, I need to go to number 38. I mean, I got three or four of those. Oh, like they said it? Yeah, they want to go they, they want to go to number 30 yeah. because of our episode. Because it's an awesome. It's freaking awesome. Well, and they know we're going to be there Masters weekend. Mm-hmm. Unsponsored plug. This weekend is Masters weekend. So you need to come to number 38. Make your reservation. It probably, it actually, there's a decent chance it might be too late. But it might be worth checking in because... I think you and I will be there basically from 11 a.m. till close. So if you uh, come later, you'll see us in true form. But it's going to be awesome. So meet us there. It's going to be a sweet day. Yeah. And we'll even be there Sunday morning, too, because I, I booked those, too. So okay. half so, my yeah. paycheck's going to number 38 <laughs> this weekend. Yeah, yeah, you'll pay for all my beers. I don't know about that. Okay. So. Uh, but complaints and also compliment about the same thing. Uh, they said that what... What did, what did you, you learn? learn? Yeah. Was was too stale. Was too stale and too dry. So uh, they didn't like the salt. They're salty about the salt. Yeah. So uh, buckle up because this week's gonna be longer but better. Um, it's gonna be more boring and longer. So you're gonna bore everyone that said that. Suck it. It's gonna be boring <laughs> and you're gonna sit here and listen. But everybody liked it. You're gonna love it. Um, yeah. And just to put it out front, we're really in the episode. This episode is going to be all related to the Denver airport. That's right. Um, Which, I mean, most people, like, you know, everyone knows an airport as much as you can know an airport. But DIA, the cool part about DIA is, you know, being from Kansas City and even living in the FW area, like, there's not, there's not this, like, I don't know what, like, a aura or something around the airport like there is around DIA. Like, there are so many things and so many cool, quirky dynamics with this airport that make it so unique and special that it's like what other airport i mean you could you could bore people to death about normal airports but dia this might be the most fun i've had researching a topic yeah because there's it's so fascinating and it's such a cool and fun airport yeah there's a lot going on um so we'll get to that um this week we're gonna just because matt and i really want to have a beer um it's been a long monday uh so we are gonna have a nice little start out with a little Denver Beer Co. Our uh, tried and true. Yeah, our hopeful sponsor eventually. Uh, Denver Beer Co. If you're listening, we're accepting sponsorships. Yeah. So uh, this week we are trying the Graham Cracker Porter. What'd you call me? Yeah. Right. Uh, Graham Cracker Porter. Uh, it is explained on the box. We got a good description this week. Like a campfire in a can. This robust beauty has seductive notes of vanilla. Smoked cedar and muling spices. A dark pour with mild lacing. She is a roller coaster of lush chocolate, diving into a semi-dry finish of roasted malted biscuit. What does mild lacing mean? I don't know, but that's what that box says. And this is a porter, right? Which makes it so it's a dark, it's it's the darkest beer we've had. Yeah, and it's an alcohol percentage of 5.6. Which is lighter than I would have expected for a dark beer, but okay. 
Cheers to a Tuesday. Salute, my friend. Wow. Wow. Does that taste like a graham cracker? I like that. And I do not like porters. It's chocolatey. Yeah, the back end's super chocolate. I wasn't expecting a chocolate. It's it's a chocolate graham cracker. I mean, it says roller coaster of lush chocolate. Which may, I mean, that's the first, that's the main thing that I get out of that is a slap to the face of chocolate. No, this is, I mean, it says enjoy this campfire in a can. I want this by a campfire. I want this on a, by a campfire, I want to be fully dressed in my ski stuff, opera ski, sitting around a campfire with my friends, enjoying a beer. Really? I was on a different thought process. I'm on night campfire camping. I'm in a nice flannel jeans. I'm warm by the fire. I can see that too. Yeah. I'll, I'll allow that scenario. Because opera well. is like, give me the coolest light. Let's keep going. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. It, yeah, that's fair. That's fair enough. Right. That doesn't mean you can't get going with a graham cracker porter, but I am with you. It's probably you're not going to be slamming these like a Coors Light. Like that's yeah. a, these are definitely more rich. But yeah. oh man, I do I, I do like that uh, Denver Beer Co. calls all their beers females like she. It's kind of fun. Yeah, I guess that's why I like, kind of think beer. It's makes know. them classier and like yeah, brings, more brings sophisticated. Yeah, 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 I like it. Because so, you and I are the least sophisticated. So <laughs> calling it she, it's like, yeah, okay, that's much more. Yeah. Our beer is like the skunky, like nasty, like beer 30 beers. Or yeah. like, yeah. Except for you IPA snob over here. Oh, she's. <laughs> I love my IPAs. They're great. So uh, what's your rating? Okay. I'm going, I'm honestly, I'm going 7.9. Ooh. And that's saying something because. I can't remember what I give the IPA, maybe a low seven. And you know how I like my IPAs. This um, is incredible. Yeah. I really like it. I think I'm giving it a seven two. Okay. Um, I, I don't think I would drink this very often, but I think it's the right occasion. It's kind I of agree. last week where like the, the, the raspberry fits perfect timing. I think this is a campfire. Yeah. Or this is a cold night where I'm in like Patagonia hanging out. Uh, it's just very, it's very time sensitive. I agree. Um, yeah, you're not, you, I don't want this in a summer day at, you know, Wash Park. Like yeah. if it's 90 degrees and I'm playing volleyball, I'm not drinking, I'm not opening up the graham cracker porter. But I mean, in this time of the year, it's like perfect. Yeah, like this would perfect. Well, and it gets so dark so early right now. So like Friday afternoon sure. happy hour. It's, it's a late happy hour. It's six o'clock happy hour. Yeah. I think I'll call this, call this beer now. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'll be cracking another one of those in a little bit because that's almost gone. That's, ooh, yeah, that's I like good. that a lot. I like it. Okay, so that's the, uh, we got a 7-2 and a 7-9. Did you say 7-3? I've already forgotten. I seven, said 7-2. 7-2 and 7-9. I got it right for some. I think okay. I said 7-8, but it's fine. I said 7 uh, <laughs> So that's our beer of the week, Graham Cracker Porter. There she is. I think, okay, I, I know we're moving on to the next one. I might venture to say... Actually, I'm not going to venture to say because my rating says it all. That's my favorite Denver beer cup I've had so far. Oh, okay. I got it. I'm surprised by that. I, I am too. I, trust me. I'm thinking the same thing. So, right. anyways, go try it. Go try it. Tell us what you think. Um, all right. I interrupted you when I went through that revelation of my favorite DBC beer. So, no, carry on, my friend. great. No. Uh, on to the next topic. Uh, where where did we try? What, what, what did we try? Sorry. What did we try? I don't know. Where, where did, why did we try? What did we try? Snarfs. <laughs> so we did so, Snarfs. 
Snarf yeah. sandwiches, if you didn't know, snarf sandwiches. Which I think is a point of clarification that is needed, right? So being the out-of-towner that just became the new townie as of a month ago, two months ago at this point, um, people were like, oh, go to snarf's. Well, in the conversation, they're like, oh, sandwiches or burgers? I'm like, I don't know, it's snarf's. And they're like, no, there's a snarf's sandwiches and there's a snarf's burgers. Completely confusing. Come to find out, same parent company, there's a snarf sandwiches and then in a separate building, snarf's burgers. So they're very they're two separate places owned by the same person. Mm-hmm. So point of clarification, if you tell people you're going to snarf's, you need to clarify sandwiches or burgers because they're two, technically two different places. So yeah, I would say that like most people are gonna think if you say snarfs, you're going sandwiches. sandwiches. Yeah, it's not like, like that was the. I mean, it's like seven. it's like saying you want a Coors. Most people are gonna give you a Coors Light, not a Coors Banquet. They'll usually clarify if they have that question. That's true. So that's that's good. That's a pretty good analogy. Yeah, and uh, the reason why it's correlated to the airport, there is one in Concourse A at Denver Airport. I honestly, I've searched for this thing for a while. Like, I've spent 45 minutes walking around Concourse. I can't find it. So, if you can find it. If you can find it, please comment in our Instagram post and tell Swetnam where it is because he spent 45 minutes and he's blind. Yeah. So, well, and that's, you know, it's what you are from here for to try things for you to do. So, I was supposed to find it, but I couldn't find it. And we're in your 100% sure it's in. Concourse A. Or yeah, according, according to the website and according to one of my friends, Mel Thompson, it's Concourse A. Shut up. Yeah. Shut okay. Up. Okay. Fair enough. And she loves it too. So. Okay. So yeah, we, so we ultimately, they have a ton of different sandwiches. They have salads at, at Snarf's uh, sandwiches. They have salads also. Um, we had the Italian oh. and they have what? Three sizes. They have like the small, which is like what? Five inch, mediums, eight, and then the largest 12 inch. I think it's. Four, seven, twelve, and it's kid regular uh, pro. Is how it goes. You sure about that? I'm pretty sure. All right, hang on. You hear? You heard it here first. Let me just show, show you how this is. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And no, you're wrong. It's five, seven, twelve. Okay, so it's the novice. So we're not neither of us. It's novice snarfs pro. Right, yeah, we were close. Five inch, seven inch, twelve inch. Yeah. And we both went with the Italian. Yeah. Italian's got three meats. It's got a bunch of veggies on it. Um, I throw a little bit of ranch on there. Oh, dude, that was that was so good. Yeah. They have the normal toppings it comes with is mayonnaise, mustard, hot peppers, onion, lettuce, tomato, pickle, seasoning, and oil. But they also have free um, sides that you can get, which are either mushrooms, sprouts, or any of their dressings. Yeah. And you can do that for free. They also have extras like avocado and stuff that you can pay extra for. But we got basically everything and then we added mushrooms and ranch yeah and oh man it was really good yeah and i I would say if you should get the snarfs unless you're like really trying to like send yourself home the pro is pro's massive pros the 12 inches huge and like i would say like i eat a lot of food and i think you do too like i can take down a lot of food the pro is a challenge like i'm sitting there like yeah it's, it's like i'm grinding the 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 snarfs is the perfect size with chips and a drink. Yeah. Like if you just have a snarf, you're probably like if you're like us, like I'm what I'm six four, two fifteen, you're three, two ten. Yeah. So like we're not small <laughs> humans. Like it, it seven inches like a seven inch sub is good, but you have chips and a drink and it kind of just polishes it off. So definitely recommend if you're just getting done working out and you're ravished, then like go for the pro. Yeah. Go for the pro. And if you are, you know, 
normal hungry and are not, you know, about to die from lack of food, then just get the Snarf's chips and drink. Definitely recommend. Um, they also have a bunch of what they're calling not on the menu menu. And this stuff, I mean, they have, which I was a little upset about because they their website claims they have a buffalo chicken sandwich and I didn't see it on the one. And we went to the one on Lincoln. Uh, federal. Federal on federal. Um, and they didn't apparently didn't have it. So I'm going to have to go somewhere where they have the, the buffalo chicken sandwich. But they have a lot more of like what seemingly is like more specialized subs. So they have like your Italian, your ham, all that stuff on the normal one. But then if you scroll to their not on the menu menu, uh, they actually have like, you know, they have Rubens, cheese steaks. Uh, they have a mother clucker, which is like rotisserie chicken, bacon, provolone, lettuce, tomato, mayo, mustard, and honey. So much more specialized. So uh, if you're feeling adventurous, uh, I'm not sure you can drive home after those, but um, <laughs> give it a shot. It might be yeah, worth it. Especially if you get the pro. If you get, if you get the pro, you definitely cannot ride home. You'll <laughs> be pulled over and sent to Alcatraz. So, um, okay. So that's Snars. What's the, what's your rating? I mean, I like, I love, I love sub sandwiches. Me too. And I'm a really big Snarfs fan. Um, okay. Like I've on, like as sad as it is, it's great. I've like, I even had friends come in town and like, where should we go? And I go Snarfs, which like, Snarfs isn't like a revolutionary sandwich. Come on. But if you get the pro, like I, I could, I'm full, it's good. So I'm going to give it like an 8.3. Okay. Um, and that's just because I think it's really good. Fills my stomach. And a lot of places can't do that. Fair enough. I'm going, I'm going 6.8. Yeah. And the only reason I say that is very, very good. But if you were from out of town or if you have ever had pot bellies, it is, it is the, like, if I copy and pasted pot bellies, it's the exact same sandwich. Well, like, I think they have pot bellies in Denver. Oh, okay. Well then, yeah. I mean, I haven't, yeah, they probably do. It's a national chain, right? So yeah, it's like, franchise. if you go, like, you can, you can attack me all you want, but I would be very curious if you took, if you went and had pot bellies next to a Snarf's Italian, be very curious to see if you could tell the difference. Like even the, the peppers they have, which is like the pickled carrots and jalapenos, like even yeah. that's like the exact same. And you can buy them in a jar, just like pot bellies. So it's, it's really good but I'm discounting it from the lack of uniqueness. Like it, it doesn't stand out more than like a, a pot bellies would, which is a national chain. No, it's reasonable. So I mean, it's, yeah, I would say like, it's, it's really very hard. good. It's, it's really hard to stand out as a sandwich place. Right. But if so, I'm going to go to sandwich place and I have a choice, I'm going to Snarf's. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, I can't say I wouldn't go to Snarf's over pot bellies. Like I probably would. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I had them next to each other. I don't know if I would really build a total difference. Yeah, that's reasonable. So that's that. Right. Okay, so that's tried. Um, last but not least, it's actually probably the most important. Definitely not least. Is uh, what did we learn this week, Matt? Or what okay. did you learn? So continuing, buckle up, peeps, continuing on the DIA train. So we talked about in people that may not be from here, you know, when I say like, the airport is like super fun. And like, I'm not saying like there's like a freaking amusement park in the, the DI airport. Like it's still an airport. It's not like you're, you're not going there and your heart's not racing. And like, you're having like, it's not Disney world. But what I mean by that is like that there are so many things that go with the Denver airport. And one of those is a bunch of conspiracy theories. Yeah. And if you're like me, I don't, I, I'm, I'm much more, I'm too analytical and realistic to really believe a ton of conspiracies. Um, but 
regardless, I enjoy talking about them and they're kind of fun because at the worst, it's create creativity. That's uh, a little bit of happenstance. It may just like when you, when you bend the picture a little bit, it's like, Oh, okay. There's an argument there. So there's a lot of funny things here. Um, and really interesting things about the, the Denver airport um, really from when it was starting to be built, that brings a lot of people being like, what's really going on up there? Yeah. So, well, let me just to give a little yeah. background early on what he means making built. It was actually built in 19. It was like finished in 94 in 94 in 95 for the first time opened on February 20th, 1995, which was 95. What it was, was it was originally in Stapleton. Stapleton was yep. um, a pretty big air, like pretty big hub. It had three or four airlines hubs. Um, the reason they justified to moving it to what is now DIA was there was, the space was severely limited at Stapleton. Um, its runways were unable to deal with the efficiency and with Denver's weather and wind patterns, causing kind of like a national travel disruption. Um, and Which so, is interesting because one of the one of the big things I was reading about on the conspiracy theory is a lot of people believe like I'm sure that's true, especially now. Like there's no way that would have been able to hold now. But in 1994, when it was finished, mm-hmm. a lot of people were saying like, "What's wrong with the airport? Like there's no real reason." So in their minds, they were like, "We're moving an airport, a perfectly good airport, and we're building this giant complex in the middle of like this beautiful airport or this it may not been beautiful, but this small airport that's you could literally run from downtown and be there in 30 minutes." To now it's it's a 30 minute drive 40 minute drive east you know so yeah. kind of funny but anyways i digress we'll talk more about that yeah and uh so it was replaced by da da was basically two million two billion dollars over budget which was 4.8 billion dollars and it was 16 months behind schedule it's just a small small amount yeah it is uh just a quick fun fact that's important uh it's the largest airport in the united states by land Mm-hmm. And it's the second largest in the world, which is insane. Yeah, the economic it creates thirty three and a half billion annually for the region. So Gracious. it's a big generator. Um, so, so it's it's the it is the heart and soul of the city, honestly. Like, yeah. and it's not like when you get here, you don't really notice it, but like DIA is like one of the top five most frequented airports in the U.S. Like, it's it's a it's not the sexy like you know. Um, LAX and all the big ones you hear about, but it's like, man, this thing is like, it's, it's the center of the country. It is the, one of the largest connecting hubs yeah. because it's in the middle of the country. Well, and um, it's, uh, it is also the youngest commercial airport. So those kind of lead ins into what Matt's about to bring up just because I feel like you need to know it's like a pretty new airport, but there's still like a ton of conspiracies floating around. Yep. Yep. So um, let's go into more in detail. Man. Okay. So conspiracy. So, um, if you Google DIA conspiracies, you will, the, the problem is like, we're working on getting cameras and stuff. You can't, we won't be able to show you guys exact like pictures of like the murals and like the paintings and all that stuff. So just bear with me. We're not going to talk about everything. There are actually like 45 minute, like YouTube videos outlining all of them. And they're pretty, I mean, they're pretty entertaining and it's pretty crazy. Um, but we're just going to talk about three of them. Um, and again, we won't go into a ton of detail because again, this is just meant to whet your appetite. And if you're a big conspiracy lover, definitely use this to go watch the full video, see the pictures, really understand a lot of where people are coming from. Cause it's, it's kind of, it, it's kind of interesting. Um, so the first one is Lucifer, and that is like the combination of blue and Lucifer. 
if you can't understand what I'm saying. And that is the the nickname of what they've called the, the blue Mustang that is right when you enter off of Pena Boulevard on the left when you're entering the airport. It's the giant Mustang with red eyes. You literally can't miss them. <laughs> if you've never been to DIA, just trust me when you drive you will not be able to miss it. Well, and you should look for it because he's cool. You should look for it, but I'm just saying, like, you have to literally be blind no, to miss the fact. Like, it's it's giant. Yeah. And so the story around Lucifer, you know, it, it just seemingly the first thing you probably notice is uh, not only the blue color of the horse, but it's the red eyes. Especially if you go and you have a night flight or an early morning flight, it is the eyes are glaring red, and so. The it's already, you know, even stories aside on how it was built and all this stuff, it even still looks kind of creepy just with the red eyes. Um, and so what ended up the, the craziness about uh, Lucifer and the, the um, story around him was the the artist was actually constructing Lucifer and Lucifer is made up of, of three different parts. It's the head the upper torso and the latter, the back torso, which is the butt and the stomach area. Mm -hmm. So it's got three pieces. So the artist was actually creating Lucifer in his, in his shop in New Mexico. And the, the first two pieces, which is basically everything, but the head was constructed. He was in the process of completing the head when the head of Lucifer actually fell off of where he was doing it. It, it sliced his femoral artery and he bled to death. (laughs) So, and, and what ended up happening was that happened four years before Lucifer was even finished. So when he died, Lucifer kind of went through this phase of like, just incomplete, because clearly the head probably broke when it fell. Uh-huh. Not only that, but it also killed the artist who made it, right? So it wasn't until four years later when they actually finished Lucifer. And for some reason, apparently DIA was like, killer horse, sign me up. So <laughs> we got Lucifer. So that happened, I believe, in around 2004 is when we actually got Lucifer put there. Um, Interesting. And so that uh, that that's just kind of one of the, the and it's not necessarily a conspiracy in the sense that like it just a lot of weird things happen around Lucifer. No. And with him being at the airport and just the general conspiracy stuff, it's like there's too many weird things around that that's like it's a little suspect yeah and i mean with being a different broncos it's kind of an interesting choice uh, it is interesting. i mean it makes sense kind of and then i think the other thing that's kind of weird that is around it is i told you yeah right home with uber a couple months ago this lady told me about there was a gentleman out had parked well i don't know how you out there but he's out by lucifer he had a long rifle and was shooting at lucifer and that she said shooting at his eyes. I looked it up. There was an in- individual shooting at Lucifer. Uh, furthermore, he basically started shooting at cars and then ended up killing himself. So, it's kind of it's some just, weird things around it's just like It's like one of those things where it's like like hollow ground, but not in the sense of like, it's just like there's there, the area around that just there's too many like bad omen things that have happened that I'm like, I'm not I'm not running to go jump up and like sleep n- next to Lucifer. Right. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's one of the it's less of a conspiracy and more of a kind of just interesting thing about that. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite conspiracy theories um, around the airport is the fact that it is um, home to a large underground bunker system that is meant to protect the elite and wealthy in the event of some sort of like cataclysmic event, whether that's nuclear or whether that's like an asteroid or whatever could be possibly world ending. Um, it's the home of, of, of that. And so the reason for that is when DIA was being built, um, 
construction workers were actually talking to people outside, obviously, and telling their friends about this stuff. And apparently there were three gigantic bunkers that they were originally planning on using that the legend goes that they ended up deciding they weren't able to use them. So they basically just built over these giant bunkers and allegedly aren't using them anymore. So, and the construction work, that's what construction workers were saying. were like, well, yeah, they, they built these three giant bunkers under the airport and then all of a sudden they decided they weren't. So we just paved over them and then just kept building the airport. Huh. So that's a weird part. The second weird part, which is really interesting and has a lot of people talking is um, in September 27th, 2011, Obama flew to DIA um, right around when there was a comet called Comet Elenin, E-L-E-N-I-N. Google it. It's fascinating. Um Comet Elenin was coming towards the Earth and was at the Earth's at, at its closest point to Earth on September 27, 2011, the day that Obama sporadically flew from Washington, D.C. to DIA. Now, the other suspect part of this, um, which that could have just been coincidence, he could have been doing some sort of like tour. He was the president at the time, right? So he, he has reason to go everywhere. <laughs> What's interesting, and this one's actually more interesting, and I would I would very strongly encourage you guys to Google this. There was this thing called Operation Mountain Guardian. And what it was, it, it happened in Denver four days before. So it happened in Denver, September 23rd, 2011. And it was this giant emergency terrorist attack drill, which involved over a hundred different agencies. Mm -hmm. and was basically a the equivalent of a fire drill, but in the sense that like there was a giant cataclysmic terrorist attack. And it was like how well it was to, it was allegedly and I say allegedly just to humor the conspiracy theorists. It was allegedly there to pressure test the terrorist response of Denver. And it required literally over 100 different agencies, thousands of police officers, firefighters, everything. So that happened four days before. And then four days later, when the comment happened to be passing at its closest point to Earth, Obama was flying to DIA at that time. So I don't so, know. It's a bunch of different just kind of coincidences, I guess. But that's, so do you believe in conspiracy? I, I don't. No. Um, I, I, I believe like when you look at when I was reading a lot more videos and again, I'm much more like analytical and realist. Like that's just my personality. Mm -hmm. So it has to I have to have like very factual evidence based stuff for me to be like, oh, man, you got a point. And in a lot of these videos, they take you on like these tours of like underground under the rail or railroad under the uh, airport. And I mean, don't get me wrong. This thing, this is, it's massive. Like, why'd you say they spent almost 5 billion on it, building it? Well, it was, yeah, it was almost 5 billion, but it was 2 billion over budget. Right. But the, like the, the underground system on this airport is baffling. Like it is literally, you have a city under the airport really? and you can watch interviews where they actually take them, take people down there. And it literally is like, twice the size of the actual airport underground. So I can understand why there's all these theories, but it's like all your baggage claim, all that stuff is not done over on the, like above ground. Your baggage claim comes off of the plane and they go down into the tunnels and you can go beeline to baggage claim. Really? So you don't have to go through all these other things. Well, I, know. I mean, so, I guess it makes sense if you think about it. Like you're sitting there, you ride the train, you're, you're all the way at concourse C. Yep. And your Wait, luggage is waiting for you when you get there. It's because someone's underground beelining to the baggage claim with all the luggage. But it just doesn't make sense to be bunkers. But Exactly. And they, they call them bunkers. I'm sure they were just – and who knows, a construction worker. It was probably a couple construction workers that just said, and it could be actually still being used. Yeah. But that's that's the rumor, right? And it's yeah. like if you're using – if you're spending 
millions on these three giant, uh, probably, they look like bunkers, they're probably just big giant structures, and that allegedly you say that, oh, we're not using them anymore, you just pave over them, it's like, it could be a little, that's a little sketchy. I kind of want to be a believer. I mean, you, I, I kind of want to do it, just be uh, kind of, kind of, Counteract against the against the system. Yeah, against the system. I see you. All right, it's all a lie. All right. Well, and then so the third one is the fact that the the airport, you know, going back to the bunkers, is really funded and run by the Illuminati. Now, this one's a little simpler, and it, it has to do like every all the other conspiracies all lead into the fact that this is based on the Illuminati. So, like, I'm just going to talk about one thing of why a lot of people think it is, but. The underground bunkers is tied to what they think. Like they think the Illuminati is connected to the underground bunkers. Lucifer could be related, some sort. Like the eyes could be cameras, or like what? Like it's just like it's all all related to that the Illuminati built the airport. So, so we have like so we have Jay Z and Devin. yeah, and Beyonce's down there nice. just chilling. So I like that. maybe we um, should have a, a Jay Z Beyonce concert. Maybe what we're saying. I mean, you, when the world I... ends, something's gonna. <laughs> we need something to cheer us up. Um, and then. So the, the, the big piece here is when DIA was constructed in 94, uh, when it was finished constructed, they made this uh, like cornerstone construction, finished, finished construction like plaque. And it basically just outlined like the date of when the airport was finished. And then they also have a time capsule in there for 100 years. So they put when it, when it was finished in 1994, they have a time capsule that, they, that is going to be opened in 2094. And it's going to be like this cool thing. So it's in that it's in that same area, and it's right when you walk up on the sixth floor, right when you see, and I think it might be the west side, um, right when you walk up on the sixth floor and you see all the like check-in counters. It's right over there. Um, and the the actual stone itself basically just talks through the the funding, who funded it, and um, all the the donors and when it was construction constructed, but the number one name on the donors was New World Order Commission. Huh. And what's interesting, and it, it's actually on the airport's website. It's like, oh, the New World Commission, like New World Order Commission, and they are they're like, what is this? And they're like, it literally is nothing. <laughs> and that's what the airport says. Like the actual airport website says, like this means nothing. It's not doesn't exist. Which that makes me sketched out because I'm like, if it existed and it was like some like old man's club and like, okay, LOL, like they probably contributed, like it's just a bunch of rich people and be like, fine. Yeah. But the fact that they they put New World Order and apparently New World Order Commission seemingly doesn't exist, it's like, hmm, that's pretty. Sensible. Then why is it why is it on a plaque for a major city's airport if a New World Order Commission doesn't exist? Uh, I think that's why I'm a believer. I, I mean, that's the only thing that I, that's one thing that I'm really like, come on. Like if, if I'm, if I'm donating enough to get on a plaque for a four point, almost $5 billion project, I'm probably putting an organization that exists. Uh-huh. Like that's like, like Matt Spangler Incorporated doesn't exist. If I'm giving a hundred million dollars, I'm not just going to put Matt Spangler Incorporated just for lols. Like, no, nah, that's not happening. So uh, that's the, true. The fact yeah. that it doesn't exist. Interesting. No, that's pretty. That is pretty bizarre. And isn't yeah? Isn't there like a outside of security? There's also like a plaque and has like the Illuminati symbol. No, it's the Freemasons. 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 So that's a different. That's exactly. So it, it's not. There's not like the Illuminati, like all-seeing eye, like pyramid thing. Yeah. Um. Hang on one second. But uh, there is the Freemasons. Does I mean it has the same vibe, same pyramid scheme thing. So the the Freemason, um. 
icon is actually on that same collect I'm talking about. So uh, okay. that yeah, also it's at, the, it's at the bottom. Yes, exactly. So that also contributes to it. So if nothing more, you know, believe what you want. But we definitely encourage you guys, like if you're if you have a few minutes to spare, like it may be go find like go see Lucifer, go track down the New World Order and go see some of the murals. The murals are down, as we understand it, because they're doing a bunch of construction, which you will talk about or which you will hear about in our interview, um, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but definitely when everything's done, said and done, like go go venture around the airport. You'd be yeah. pretty surprised what you can find. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I. I mean, as I said, I'm a believer. So uh, talk to me, big conspiracy guy. Going different than Matt here. Uh, just why not believe it? It's more fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So uh, as we said, all focused on Denver International Airport. Uh, we got the opportunity to interview Stacy Stegman. Um, Stacy Stegman. <laughs> Ste- Sorry, I do. Yeah, this, <laughs> I waited for you to finish her name before I. Stacy Stegman. Um, she is. I. She'll explain her title. Uh, she's basically my understanding. Senior Vice President of Senior Communications, President. essentially. Marketing, communications, uh, uh, about four other things. Yeah, we'll let her explain. Um, and she explains in the interview. But great interview. Um, she talks a lot about how the airport came about, how it grew, how it's growing, how they're planning on all the construction you're seeing and how that what they're doing with all of that and how it's going to affect you in the future. Uh, really informative. Honestly, really exciting interview. Uh, you learn a tremendous amount and great conversation starter if you're in the airport or even just, you know, everyday knowledge. I think it's great to have. Yep, agreed. The modernization of the airport is going to be insane. Yeah. So there, I'm not going to talk about it, but there are certain factors even outside of the expansion that they're incorporating into the airport, which is just amazing. And I can't wait for it to get incorporated so I can actually use it. So, yeah. so more, uh, more to come. Super exciting interview. Hope you guys enjoy it. If you don't, Keep it to yourself if you do comment. Um, and we look forward to see you guys next week. Yeah. Enjoy the interview and uh, love wow. you guys. Talk to you later. Oh. All right, guys. Uh, so this is episode four. Um, as we told you, we are interviewing Stacy Stegman with uh, Denver International Airport. Um, thank you, Stacy, for being here. Um, how's it going? It's great. I mean, it sounds strange to say that during the pandemic, but um, comparatively to other airports, you know, other tragedies and things people are experiencing, I think we're in a really good place here in Denver. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. It seems like it's trying to try it along, but that's just kind of the way COVID's been. Um, so I guess, can you tell us a little bit about um, what you do at the airport, who, what your job entails, um, kind of what you're involved in day to day, and just give our listeners a little bit better understanding of who you are and why you're a great person to interview about the airport. (laughs) Yeah, you bet. So I have been with the airport now for about eight years. I'm the senior vice president and listen to this title because it's very long and strange. I've got uh, communications, marketing, customer service, public art and events in my group. So a very broad portfolio of things. Um, which is why hopefully I know quite a bit about the airport, but more importantly, I get to do all the fun things at the airport. Yeah, that's a long title. That's impressive. Is there like, is like five of you running around? Because it sounds like. (laughs) No, but if you actually, if you can come up with a shorter title for me, I would welcome it. So Stacey, is that, is that title in your email uh, signature? Like, is it just go all the way (laughs) way to the right? Not fully. (laughs) Not fully, but we haven't been able to come up with something that really encompasses what our division does, so it's a tough one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a fair point. And Stacey, you, you said you were here for eight years. So what were you doing before DIA or your uh, career at the airport? Yeah, before that, I was the head of communications for the Colorado Department of Transportation. All right. So you're a, you're a Coloradian Denverite through and through, it sounds like. I am. I'm a Colorado girl. Okay. All right. That's great. That's well, and so I, I think that's, that's good to know. And so more just kind of about the airport and you, you mentioned like COVID, obviously when you think of industries hit the most travels, probably number one. So um, uh, we want to get to that eventually, but, you know, leading up to let's do, let's call it BC, you know, before COVID um, tell us a little bit about, you know, the airport was built in 95, but more recently, the growth that you guys experienced, um, not only Denver experiencing as a city growing, but how has that kind of imp impacted the airport year over year kind of before 2020 COVID situation happened? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, we were definitely feeling some growing pains, but I think we would give anything to give that day back <laughs> or those days back, get, get back to that point. Uh, so let's start with 2019. In 2019, we served over 69 million passengers. So we were very, very busy. We're the fifth busiest airport in the United States. Uh, and I would say largely a domestic airport. Even though we're an international airport, the vast majority of our passenger traffic is domestic. You know, the beauty of our airport is that we are located and Denver is located in the center of the United States. So it's such a great place for people to either um, transfer or, you know, to fly into Denver and have meetings or whatever that is, because you literally have quick access to either coast. So our continued growth just really exploded. Our year-over-year -year growth was, you know, among the top airports and was continuing. A lot of that is because of the land we have. We sit on 53 square miles, or I'm sorry, 53 yeah, 53 square miles of land, and we have six runways, and we have room to grow. We have room to double in size to more than 100 million passengers. So where other airports really are more constrained um, because of development around them, we are just really well positioned for future growth. With that growth, obviously a lot of room and a lot of area to grow, but um, what's been like the biggest challenge of the growth? Is it kind of delays? Is it lines, I guess, where have you guys seen the most struggle and that's created you guys to kind of expand and put in future plans for growth? I think one of the changes that has happened in Denver that probably people didn't expect when the airport was built uh, was that, you know, 65% of our passenger traffic is origin and destination, meaning they either start or end their trip here in this region um, as compared to those who are just connecting through. And so what that really does is puts a strain on different areas of the airport. You know, Pena Boulevard, the roadways in and out of the airport, our parking, um, our terminal, you know, things that I don't think were anticipated, you know, back then when they thought we were gonna have more connecting traffic. And so because of that, because of that huge growth, um, it just has made us really look at how do we invest and what do we do to keep up with the demand going forward. Yeah, and Stacey, just to put it into perspective too, and I'm, I'm going to butcher the numbers, it was on your website, but you mentioned 69 million passengers in 2019, and when the airport was originally constructed, it was originally meant to handle, what, about 50 million, 55 yeah, million? Yeah, exactly, so and I think that that 
Yeah, that tells you right there exactly why we're doing the work that we're doing and trying to expand. You know, we hear from people that are like, you don't need to do that. It's fine. The airport's great. Well, it, it may be okay today and, and maybe at those peak times that people aren't experiencing that, so they don't know how bad it can get at times, but that's exactly why we're investing in the airport today so that we can get to those greater numbers in the future. And so um, we can see success and growth with our airlines. Yeah, and you kind of foreshadowed, and we've been kind of foreshadowing the future, like investment and future growth of the airport. Um, right now, our understanding is there's kind of three things going on. It's kind of the terminal expansions or the gate expansions, um, the great Denver Great Hall um, kind of renovation, and then also like the expansion of Pena Boulevard. Um, mm -hmm. Yes, could you go into a little bit more detail on those three and kind of what you guys see as the future and how that's going to just help with the expansion um, as well as sure. people seeing construction and ne never really knowing what's going on. Um, yeah. What's like, going on uh, or when is it going to end? <laughs> exactly. And a lot of people, you know, you see the constructions, you, you complain about it for the two seconds that you walk at the airport, but you never really know what is going on because yeah. people don't really Well, let's, <laughs> let's talk first about the gate expansion. I'm very, very excited about that one. Um, our gate expansion project right now is underway. Uh, it started gosh, over a year ago and is adding 39 new gates um, pretty much at the end of every concourse. So we are telescoping out A, B, and C. Um, so they'll be kind of maxed out um, and adding all of these additional gates, which is about a, I don't know, 30% or so increase in gates. So these new gates that we are adding on all three of the concourses are going to allow our airlines an opportunity to grow. So now we'll have the ability, because we really were bursting at the seams, to accommodate new airlines, uh, new international carriers, or just um, our existing airlines, the ability to continue to add flights. And one of the amenities that we are adding that I'm really, really excited about uh, is a uh, outdoor deck on each concourse. So if you can picture being on the West End um, on this beautiful outside deck that you can go out and sit out there and get to see views of the mountains, get to see planes take off, uh, it's going to be a really, really gorgeous space. Um, it's going to have a little pet relief area because we know more and more people have, um, have their service animals traveling with them. Somehow. And, <laughs> Somehow and the so, explosion of the service animal. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It seems like everyone has one nowadays, um, yeah. but at least it'll be a little bit better for those who are traveling, maybe fewer accidents because we're giving them more areas, um, <laughs> but also some great outdoor seating and even fire pits. You know, think about it. So many people travel. I mean, there's people that don't even ever get to see snow, and now they're going to get to experience that if they're just uh, connecting through then. There's a couple of other things that's going on with it. You know, of course, more and more power outlets for charging. We're upgrading all of the restrooms. We're adding nursing mother rooms. So um, there's a bunch of other amenities we're adding too. But I think when you see the spaces, they're just gorgeous. We can't wait to open them. In fact, um, the new space on B West uh, hopefully should be opening in the next uh, weeks or month. That, I mean, that's awesome. It, one, one question about the outdoor space. So I think, I, I mean, that's right up my alley. I love that. How do you, how are you guys bridging 
the out the the desire to get people outdoors and really enjoy their airport experience mixed with security right so you when you open things to outdoors security naturally becomes probably one of the first questions so it's like how do you give people the outdoor experience but also protect from a safety perspective and also you know preventing like high fences like you know to keep people from getting onto the runways and not obscuring views of mountains and stuff like that so how are you guys bridging that gap so there's uh these spaces are post security. So people will have already been screened by the time they're allowed access to these. So that's, you know, I think the first thing. The second thing is, uh, you know, yes, there are um, some glass walls that are containing it so that we still can enjoy the views, but without um, necessarily being able to get outside <laughs> further to areas we don't want you to go. Right. Okay. That's, I mean, that's exciting. I didn't, I had no idea about the, the outdoor space. That's great. And I, I will say I traveled a couple of weeks ago and I think there almost were more um, service dogs than people on my flight. So <laughs> I think that uh, relief area is going to be a good addition because they're, they are everywhere. So I think that's much needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Isn't it? These, these well-trained animals. It's amazing. Well, and I have, I have a golden retriever and I laugh because I'd love to take him, but he is, he is in zero way, shape or form trained to behave himself. So he sees another human being and he goes sprinting. He's the friendliest dog ever, but on the flight, it would not work. So I'm, I'm a little yeah. jealous of all that. But yeah. um, so Stacy, on the, on the gate, just to kind of put a bow on the, the gate expansion, what, what is the, what date are you guys targeting for completion um, kind of for when everything's said and done on that piece? Yeah, all of these gates uh, will be open um, and operational late 2021, early 2022 at the very latest. So this whole project is uh, on schedule within budget. It's a huge success. And in fact, this is our largest project, um, which, you know, a lot of people are hearing about the Great Hall that I'll talk about uh, in a little bit, but this project is double the size of the Great Hall and is doing amazing. So we can't wait to show off this space soon to our passengers. Quick question, I guess my, my thought goes to, when I go to an airport, it's usually delays and how long I might sit there. Um, so I was just curious, you guys are expanding kind of like the gates and you're putting more gates in, I guess, will there be, are people worried about delays in flights just because it adds, what, like a 30% increase in gates that would increase flight traffic? Or is that kind yeah. of the future expansion as well? Yeah, it will. But, you know, I think the thing to remember about Denver, you know, we have six runways. That's a lot. Most airports aren't even close to that. I mean, if you look at um, Heathrow in London, I think they have, what, maybe two runways, something like that. And they're more busy than we are. So uh, it's, it's the way it is. We have this great space and we're actually in the process of starting to plan for our seventh runway. So all of this goes together in how we're going to grow for the future. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I never realized, realized six runways is a lot, but when you, compare it, when you compare it that way, it makes it sound like that airport's just massive, which obviously it is. I think it's the, I read that it was the number one largest land area in the country and second largest in the world. So yes, I guess you're exactly. making, good, making good use of your space. Um, so Pena Boulevard, we'll talk about right that, that right now. Um, you know, Pena Boulevard is, you know, basically we're located at the end of this cul-de-sac, you know, and you get there through Pena Boulevard. So we also knew that we had to address the capacity of Pena 
and so we are in the midst of a widening project right now. We're improving Pena Boulevard, uh, not only because of capacity, but to improve safety and traffic flow. So as part of that project, um, we're addressing, you know, some of the loops that we have and some of the merges that we have. We're replacing aging pavement and infrastructure and adding two additional lanes to accommodate, you know, all of our bus and shuttle traffic as well. So it's a big project. It's a $30 million project. It's underway right now. And it's just, you know, part of this overall growth. Construction's tough and especially um, right now, I mean, you see, you know, everybody trying to cram in projects right now while traffic is lighter, you know, amazingly, I mean, our passenger traffic right now because of COVID is down about 50%. So it was the perfect time to try to get this work done. Still doesn't make it any easier when you're caught in a jam. But, um, but all we have to, you know, we keep saying to people is, you know, don't, don't try to cut it close just because you think there's fewer people at the airport right now. We still need you to get there early. I will send that message to my wife. She does not follow those instructions. <laughs> well, so. <laughs> okay, you know, in fairness, I've missed flights before too, so I understand. <laughs> yep, yep, that, uh, yeah, never a dull moment, that's for sure. So, okay, well, so that's that's great, but I think that, you know, the, we've been hitting on it, the Great Hall. Um, this is the expansion project that basically is involving the area that's kind of security right now, right? So it's the, yes. the big expansion of right when you walk in the airport, the big open area, that's the Great Hall expansion. So can you just tell us a little bit more about the details on that? Yeah, you bet. I mean, Great Hall is, you know, right under the tents when you come into the terminal. Uh, so we are renovating the Great Hall, and there's been a lot of discussion about this. Um, it's no secret that when we started this project, it had its share of challenges. Uh, we had a different type of project structure previously. It was a public-private partnership uh, with a developer where um, they had equity in the project, so did we. They were going to build the project and then they were going to recoup revenues um, based on uh, you know, retail and food and beverage and that type of thing to pay them back over time. Well, we had a level of conflict. We didn't see eye to eye on some things and so we ended up letting them go, which you know was a big bold move to do at the time. And I think unfortunately, you know, we kind of got labeled as this disaster project when that's not at all the case. Um, you know, it was, it's hard to do that when you're wrapped up in a, you know, very big deal uh, with someone, but we think it was the right decision. And then the airport decided to regain control of the project. And so we're building it now, not as a public private partnership, but as a, you know, traditional project now. And so we've gone through a process. We have a new contractor on board that is building it. We're in the middle of phase one right now, which is the center of the terminal. Um, so we're basically reconstructing the ticket counters right now and um, building some bathrooms and um, doing things right in the center. But um, the next phase is what we'll be announcing shortly. So when, this, when we parted ways and went through all of this, the first thing we did was commit publicly that we would stick to our budget that we set originally and that we're not going to go over budget. Our budget is $770 million. That uh, includes the $120 million contingency. The original project was $650 plus $120 million contingency for a total. We're still there. We're still committed to it. We're staying within that. But in order to do so, it required us to do uh, quite a bit of redesign and uh, look at what can we cut from the project, what can we reduce, 
What do we not, what, what's nice to have versus have to have? And what do we do to really still commit to building a quality you know, project that our community is gonna be proud of um, within the budget that we set for ourselves? And we've been going through that process for the last year plus and um, have made some really good decisions. I actually think the project's probably gonna be better for it now. And um, we're getting ready to sort of announce what's going to be in that next phase. So um, the things that we committed to in the project, the, the purpose of it, the first was safety. Um, you know, we have to address the safety of our checkpoints and, and, and improve that experience because they're very open. I mean, think about uh, when, when the airport, you know, was built, we were never built for TSA. TSA didn't exist until 9-11. And so here comes TSA and we're like, here you go. Oh, we're going to put you here. And, and it was never built for that. And so now it's an opportunity for us to really address that and uh, make it a better experience. So that's one. Uh, the other is because we're busy and crowded, um, how do we improve passenger flow and operations? So that's um, the second. And then, um, you know, how do we address a better experience for our passengers. So we're looking at all of those things right now um, so that we can handle this growth. I mean, think about what I just mentioned, you know, the 30% growth that's happening on our concourses. So we've got to make the terminal match that. We can't have that kind of growth on our concourses and then um, have people squeeze down to a funnel in the concourse. And so that's the other part of what we're addressing. So, um, it is a good project. It is back on track. It's going to be a little changed from what we had originally envisioned, but um, we're still going to make security safer. We're still going to do these things, um, create a better meter greeter area. And um, I do think people are going to like the project and understand it when, when we get to that point. Yeah. So there's kind of right now, it's kind of like there's, there's some new stuff behind the hidden, hidden curtain that might be released in the near future. Yeah. I mean, we'll share that, you know, part of it is we went back and are having to redesign some things. And so it's taking a little bit longer than we'd hoped, but, yeah. um, but that's, you know, where we are right now. And so, so we will have some things to share more and, you know, renderings and all of that. When we get to that design process, we're just not quite there yet. I, I mean, there's no doubt the project's needed. And, you know, I think we got some criticism early on that we were trying to build a shopping mall or whatever that was. And <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> That developer um, had a lot of retail in there, and that's because they were trying to recoup some of the revenues they were putting in the project. So um, we're still going to have retail in there. We're still going to have food and beverage in there. The difference, though, is that we are keeping 100% of the revenues, not sharing them with the developer now, and it's going to be a scaled-back program. Uh, that's exciting. So, so the details, um, Stacy, around the Great Hall, I know you kind of hit them just to, to put a, you know, just recap it. So the, the big thing is security will still be on the fifth floor, but we're, you're just revamping it and modernizing TSA to make it more efficient, right? And then you're gonna add retail and other stores. We just don't know the details behind some of the more, um, some of the phase two items yet, right? Well, security, we haven't made the decision yet on relocation versus not. Um, that's where we've been running numbers. You know, can we afford to relocate both? Do we only relocate one? Um, either way, whatever happens, we're going to make sure that security is fortified. So, you know, it's stronger. There's some protection um, and do the things that we committed to doing. We just haven't kind of quite decided um, and finalized exactly what the move is going to look like. Got it. Okay. So really it's just early phase. It sounds like the, the only thing that 
is known for sure is you're updating security, right? In, in the sense yep. of making it more efficient. But as far as where things are located, what the details around all that, that's still, yeah. conversations are still being had. Yeah, and I'll give an example of things that, you know, we're cutting. You know, we would have loved to have redone all of the lighting and baggage claim. Well, we're not gonna get to now. It's okay. It's not that there's anything wrong with the lighting that we have today. It's just not gonna be improved to the level we wanted it to. Got it. Got it. Yeah, those okay. are small aesthetic things. I think Matt and I probably would notice if we were there, but you know, it's not the end of the world for anybody. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. I'm not very observant when it comes to aesthetics. I would probably. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's like, not going to be like they should have changed that light. Yeah, I don't like that like, old light. Yeah, my skin doesn't get, look good in this lighting. But they need to change <laughs> the lighting. No, it, I, I will. I will tell you. I won't. I probably wouldn't know lighting, but I would know if I was in security for thirty minutes versus two hours. So that sure. is the difference yep. that I would be exactly. Anyone would notice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we're focused on what matters. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Matt. Matt, if I take any photos of you at the airport, I'll make sure it's not in the uh, baggage claim. No, I'm gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I'll bring my own light. Uh, <laughs> the ring light. The gorgeous yeah, ring there light. You go. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Well, so, so Stacy, so we, you know, that that's. Great. And um, before we move off of the Denver, the, the Great Hall, I know, you know, it's still early, but I always like to, you know, the timelines are meant to be broken. But as of now, when are you guys expecting to have, and we didn't hit Pena yet either, but um, the, the gates were end of 2021, early 2022. When is Pena projected to be completed and when is the Great Hall projected to be completed? I should know Pena and I don't. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Wait, hold on. Yes. I texted someone while I, oh, I do know it now. Okay, uh -huh. Pena Boulevard, this phase will be done in the summer of 2021. Okay. And awesome. uh, the Great Hall, we don't have that schedule pinned down yet. We will know soon. I mean, I, I'm, if I would talk to you guys uh, a month from now, I probably would have a little bit more information, but uh, we don't quite have that yet. So pay attention to the news is what you're saying. <laughs> or I'll just email it to you after. As soon as I know, I'm sending that it. Works. Yeah, that'd be great. That works. That'll work for uh, us. So I guess like with these timelines, Matt's kind of been bringing up timelines just to kind of give people an expectation. Um, how much would you guys say that kind of like the obvious question now what everybody asks is kind of how have you seen COVID affect not only just like these expansion programs and um, future investment, but also the general just traffic in the airport um, and what's been kind of like your biggest challenges being in your role at the airport with that? Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing, you know, was seeing such a huge decline in traffic, you know, in March, April, when this really hit, um, we were down 95% of where we were the previous year. Uh, so that was, a, you know, a shock, our, you know, our concession was closed. Um, you know, nobody really knew what to do or what this was going to mean. Uh, since then, we've continually grown every week. In fact, we um, are always neck and neck with LAX now as either uh, being number one or number two for the most throughput through our TSA. So our numbers are coming back. Last week, um, we were about 50% of what we were last year. So we've seen that growth. And um, we know people are flying. I mean, there's many people that have a need to fly, uh, whether they're going to see, you know, family members or there's health issues or whatever it is. Um, people are still flying. So for us, I think we were well positioned. There's a couple things, uh, reasons for that. The first is 
Um, we are largely a domestic airport. I talked about that, you know, and domestic travel is what really is rebounding first. And mm -hmm. so that was good for us because uh, we do have so many domestic flights, especially knowing we've got these three large carriers, United Southwest and Frontier, all located in Denver. So there were so many options. Um, the other thing I think, you know, like anyone else is seeing is, you know, this greater expectation for cleanliness, you know, and um, things being disinfected and more sanitary and so through, you know, hand sanitizer and wipes and increased cleaning and all of those good things. Like anyone else, you know, we kind of jumped into that to make people feel more comfortable um, that they are traveling in a clean facility. So that has been good. But, um, but I think we're worried, you know, also about our businesses, you know, our concessionaires, you know, they've started reopening. Um, we've seen more and more all the time, but think about that, you know, we're an ecosystem, we're a little city and we all depend on each other. So we can't have, you know, this airport with passengers and then nothing for them to eat or, you know, if they can't get their, the things or the services that they need. And so we really are looking at how do we all work together and make sure that our airlines are successful, that, you know, our concessionaires are successful, our rental cars are successful and all of us together so that we can get out of this the best we can. Yeah, uh, and what I, I, this isn't on, you know, I wasn't actually planning on asking this question, but now it's, it's just uh, near and dear given the time of year. Um, are you guys expecting, I know you're at 50%. Are you guys, do you guys have any idea around holiday schedule? What are you guys doing anything different? Expecting a lot, an influx of traffic just would just typical for this time of year. And how are you guys kind of, what are you expecting and how are you planning on handling that, if at all different? That's a good question. I, we are, you know, expecting it. Uh, we've seen some early numbers that it's still going to be busy. Um, you know, for us, you know, an average day right now um, is below 40,000 people coming through. We're going to be above that on some days around the holidays. So it is going to be crowded. Um, the, you know, the hard part for this is, you know, trying to get people to really comply um, and give people space, you know, everywhere they are, especially when there are crowds. So, you know, you see a lot more signs about social distancing. You see us um, reminding passengers that masks are mandatory and not just masks around your neck, that they need to be over your nose and mouth. Um, uh, uh, you know, those basic things that were required, uh, but we're really looking at what else can we do, you know, more than just you know, put signs everywhere, um, asking people to, to, you know, comply. Um, one of the projects that we just launched, I don't know if you heard about it, it's called Verify, and it is for health conscious travelers. Um, you can download the app, and for those, you know, who have a concern, or um, maybe you're just a germaphobe, whatever that looks like for you, um, you can make a reservation on the app for a time to go through TSA so you don't have to wait in lines with everyone. And you go through at a certain time and then we have a train car reserved for Verify passengers. So, you know, the biggest thing is you have to fill out a health questionnaire, you have to get screened and have your temperature taken, uh, you go through at your reserved time. And then if anyone is in there with you at a time, you also know that they also have been screened um, and had their temperature taken. So it's kind of a protected experience um, for those passengers. So we launched that, I don't know, a month or so ago. Um, another uh, program we're getting ready to launch soon is, um, we're calling it Eats Delivered. It's 
by a company called At Your Gate that you can download the At Your Gate app and you can have food delivered to you if you're sitting at the gate or if you're in baggage claim so you don't have to go wait in lines. Um, so that's another thing, you know, we're doing for those people. You might go get to your gate early and you know how there's some people that just don't want to leave their gate. They got their spot and they're sticking there. So you can find, you know, a place away from other people, have uh, food delivered to you so you don't have to have that contact um, and can feel a little bit more comfortable. And Stacy, on that, that's, that's that's fascinating. I've never seen that program. So I naturally am very curious. Do you have two questions for you. One may be more detailed than you probably have would be, you know, what, what would the delivery charge be? Is it fixed or does it depend? And then my second question would be, if I'm in terminal C and let's say Chick-fil-A is in terminal A and that's the only Chick-fil-A, which I, you know, don't know, I, I'm forgetting details, but let's say I'm in C and I want something from A, do they deliver across gates or is it only deliver from in your specific gate? No, that's the beauty. They do deliver across gates. So it's not every concessionaire uh, participating. We have, I think when we launch, we're going to have like seven that initially signed up and we're getting more and more all the time. Chick-fil-A isn't on yet, but we've been talking to them and trying to get them. Um, and I tell you, that's going to be sort of the one because they've got some huge lines. <laughs> there. Yep. But, that's my yes. go-to. Yeah. <laughs> And that's why I laughed when you said Chick-fil-A, because that was, you know, our employees are like, how do we get Chick-fil-A? So same thing. Um, they, the charge that you asked about is $4.99. So that's the flat delivery charge, and they will deliver across concourses. Um, so, I mean, we're really, really excited to launch this. I think it's very innovative, and I think um, not only are passengers going to like it, employees can do that too, which is the benefit, because then we keep employees out of the mix of the lines. That's that's so cool. I've never I've never heard about that, but I mean, we have Uber Eats, Favor, all that stuff. It just kind of mm -hmm. makes sense. I've never really tried to apply it to an airport setting, but I mean, if it keeps if it keeps lines short, come on, I'm all about it. If, yeah. <laughs> I need the quickest way I can get Chick Fil A in my mouth. I'm all for. It, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate. That that seems like it's an interesting concept. We're, I think we're both pretty excited about that. Um, one thing I know Matt was reading about and was really excited to uh, ask you about um, doing all of his research is the conspiracy theories. Um, yeah. so Matt, why don't you prep up those I questions? <laughs> I love it. I, I want to say one thing first. I love the fact that the Denver airport is embracing him because, it, and for all the listeners, if you've been in DIA in the last two or three years, you see all the funny advertisements on the constructions of like, you know, are we building the greatest airport ever or a secret underground Illuminati layer or something like that. It's just amazing. And like your website has all of the conspiracy theories and like jokes about it. Um, so I guess like really the specific questions I wanted to talk about is whether, you know, not about your opinion on the conspiracies and all that, because we have a whole section before this, Stacey, where we're going to go into all of that. But for you, you know, you guys are temporarily embracing it just on your website and in on like the construction stuff. Are there, have there been any discussions around like jokingly incorporating some of those into the actual like permanent build of the airport and nothing like crazy but like an example I gave Andrew was like if you have like a kids play area and like one of the things they're playing on is like an Illuminati pyramid or something like just kind of funny little things embracing it has there been any talk or any discussion around potentially permanently fixating or putting that into the airport at all we talk about it all the time <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah, it's, you know, we walk that fine line of um, enjoying it and embracing it and recognizing um, that, you know, this is our brand, you know, good or bad, you know, some people um, enjoy it, they think it's funny, they get it, others get a little freaked out by it. So we try to um, not be in your face about it, but uh, play, be playful about it. And that was um, one of the big things right when I started at the airport. I, I really wanted us to embrace it because the airport had hid from it for so long and fought off those comments and always tried to justify them and explain them. And I was like, no way, this is good stuff. We gotta, we gotta embrace this. And which is why we developed the campaign um, on the construction that you were referencing. So as we look at it, we, we always do. I mean, I, we talked about several years ago when we were building the hotel and transit center, could we um, find a little bit of a symbol that we install up in the canopy somewhere so that at a certain time of day, it shines a shadow down um, on the ground and then it goes away, you know? So uh, we, never, we never followed through on it, but it is something we talk about and I um, would never, I, I don't think anyone should be surprised if these things just appear at any point in the future. Oh, that's just music my ears. <laughs> We'll have to go, once the projects are all finished, we'll have to go searching that. We'll go for a, a field trip to the airport just to search for. Well, and that would be fun too. Like, even if it's a little thing, like Stacey was saying, like if it's, if it's a published, like on your website, like scavenger hunt, it's like, yeah, you have a three hour wait on your, you know, on your next flight, like do our, you know, scavenger hunt. And it's like little things like that. It's like, what time is it? Well, if you, if it's at this time, if it's 2 p.m., go to the west entrance look up in the third tent on the right and it's like you can see it and then like you check a mark like just like it'd be kind of fun so i don't know i'm not i you know i'm full of ideas over here but uh you know i'm not <laughs> the one paying for things so it's <laughs> easy said than done <laughs> yeah but it's great though isn't it it's so much fun well and the, la the last one i have on it um and we'll we'll um let you go but the, the last one is kind of around the, the paintings and this again goes back to the conspiracy and all, all that stuff but did a ton of research on the paintings and I'm assuming with any sort of expansion there's probably going to be an increase in artwork or maybe just moving around with filtering out old artwork with new artwork have you guys one have you guys thought are you guys going to be replacing artwork are you going to keep the artwork and then if you're expanding are you keeping art by the same artist or adding you know other local artists that you know that are going to be kind of on brand with the the more <laughs> unique art that that everyone has come to to know and love at <laughs> uh, DIA. Yeah, well, we are going to be adding art. So, um, in the Great Hall, I can't share with you what it is yet, um, but we do have a big piece that will you know unveil over the next year or so um, that will go in the Great Hall itself, which um, is really just lovely. I, I wouldn't say it's fully conspiracy-like, but I would imagine that someone will be able to come up with something. Uh, and so that's the one that we have gone through the selection process. And then um, we are just getting ready to kick off a process on, uh, for the gate expansion on what kind of new art are we gonna be adding to the concourses. So we're gonna be starting to pull together a selection panel and write the requests and put a call out to artists to see what they can come up with. So, um, you know, the airport's known for its art. Uh, a lot of people think it's weird art. <laughs> I'm glad you looked into it and read about it because I think you, you know, you probably got that maybe it's not so weird when you really read into it. Um, yeah. But we're going to continue to add to it and uh, continue to make everything interesting at the airport. Matt, it sounds like we should uh, 
put in our ballot to be selected as a, a person to, for the artist. <laughs> I mean, if you guys love stick figures, I'll I'll uh, make sure I put something nice together for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> you stick have figure. crayons. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, you would trust me. It would it would not make it past the first round, my art. So uh, <laughs> I'm okay with <laughs> saving everyone's time. <laughs> I agree. Uh, that's great. All right, Andrew. Anything anything else? I think that's all. I think it's everything, Stacy. Um we greatly appreciate your time. Um you did a great job answering all our questions and really I think gave everybody a good understanding of all the projects and um how interesting and fun you guys are dealing with the conspiracy. Um, and greatly appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. You know, I think the Denver airport is so misunderstood in so many ways. And, um, it, you know, people don't realize, I don't think what, what it is a true asset, you know, to our, our region, to our state. You know, we contribute more than $33 billion to the state's economy. We're kind of the economic engine. And, you know, more than 35,000 people work on airport. It's its own city. And so we really do try to do the right things by our community. I think we all feel a personal responsibility and everything we build today has to be quality, has to be for the future um, because we want to see this airport thrive well into the future so that our, com our community continues to benefit. And so um, we love when people are interested in knowing the truth, knowing what we're doing um, and love to share that information. So thanks for having me. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, Stacy Stegman. Stacy, thank you so much again. We really appreciate it. Um, and if if things come in, I know we a lot of this is um, still, the curtain is still drawn, but uh, please email us. We would love to have just various updated segments in weeks, months, years to come, um, just kind of with updates on this. So please keep us in the loop. Um, cause I'm sure after this episode airs, most people will be following diligently like we will. So <laughs> excellent. Yeah. It would be my pleasure. All right. Thanks guys. That's episode okay. four. Okay.